guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 69 wowzers i am delighted to be back with you i hope you've had a great week if you've not i'm sending you love um i'm sending you good vibes and thank you for taking the time to be here to hook up with some mojo and inspiration from my fabulous guest and it's just really really good to have you here so thank you very much listen with an open mind be here be all in and this is time for you and i'm buzzing that you're here it's been a great week did a bit of tv work a little bit of a uh, an interview about having compassion and judging less and that was really enjoyable um also spoke at an event at the kempton hotel uh, it's Kempton, Kempton. Um, the new hotel um, uh, was the principal, and uh, it's a lovely spot there in the west end of Edinburgh. And was having a lovely meal in Baba first, so thanks to the team for looking after us so well. And it was really amazing to talk openly about a lot of issues to a full room, such as the inner critic, um, social media, looking after our mental health, support communities and I really, really enjoyed that night. And yeah, just been lots of book writing, really diving deep into that. I had some advice, just get finished, Joe, just get your head down. Um, it can be hard to focus when there's so many other exciting things going on, but yeah, I have been focusing more on just getting that finished off. Um, so yeah, great learning process, and yep, just doing my research behind the scenes. So this week, um, Funnily enough, before I knew this, uh, before I recorded this episode and the one that's going out after this, I didn't realise that it's um, coming out day this Friday and this podcast and the one after, we talk about coming out. I'm coming out, coming. Um, And it really got me thinking and, and we touch on this, you know, about that term coming out. Should that even be a thing? It feels quite dated now. Like, why should anyone have to come out about their sexuality or um, about anything, you know, labels that we we carry and we pick up? Why should we have to justify ourselves? Why can't we just be free? Um, And that's been on my mind. So I'm really, really thankful to my guest. If you He's mainly on Instagram, Daniel Benjamin. You can find him at Daniel, D-E-N-I-E-L-B-K, on Insta. He used to blog a bit, and I'm sure he may be getting back into that. And he also has a really amazing role in HR um, for a great company. He's doing a lot of wonderful work. So, yeah, it's been really great. Daniel is very stylish. I love his Insta page, and I love his images. And I really love what he has to say here. Um, you're going to get a lot from it. So dive in, guys. Let's get the legend on. Yo, welcome to my hotel room. <laughs> Sounds saucy, doesn't it? It's getting hard in here. Hello. We're Very in a really cool um, hotel room at the moment, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite looking forward to the party tonight, but I'm looking forward to chatting to you and letting my readers get to know you. So how long have you been in Edinburgh? Because I met you at a blogger event. We had a lovely brunch mm-hmm. and you were chatting about like what you do in HR and uh, like how you help people when they're sad and stuff. And I was like, oh, we need to chat about this more. I was loving your stories. But let's talk about what brought you, how long you've been in Edinburgh? Um, five years, gone June. Wow. Yeah, I moved up here as... It wasn't a joke, but it was almost like, oh, just do it for a laugh. Mm-hmm. And five years on, I'm still here. Oh, you're still here. Because mm-hmm. what's not to love about it? I know, yeah. I know. So you moved up from, where were you living before? So I always say Newcastle, uh-huh. but the only reason I say that is because I live in the middle of nowhere, right. on, just underneath the, on the English side of the Scottish border. So mm-hmm. um, a, t- a tiny little village um, on a farm my parents have. Um, so I always say Newcastle because it's easier because that's where I lived beforehand before oh, moving up. Is yeah. it, it's not near a place called Beadnell. Have you heard of that at all? No, I think that's. Oh no, I'm, I don't want to say where that might be. Yeah, like <laughs> near Anik. Oh know. no, yeah. So that's further north. That's like like up towards 
I'm bang in the middle. Right. So, like, you've got Carlisle, me, and then Newcastle. Like, okay. if you're going to look at it across I'm the feeling way. you. I, I know that because my sister-in-law, and she was brought up on a farm. And yeah. they, they're, like, that part. So, it was, like, farm, farm. Yeah. So, you, you've you gone from, like, really quiet farm life to, bust, I mean, Edinburgh, bustling city life. It's not like it's London, but still, mm. you know, it does yeah. feel... Like, yeah, I think five years... When I moved here, part of the reason I moved was because I felt Newcastle was too small. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realise is that actually Edinburgh's a lot smaller in regards mm. of like... Because Newcastle's very spread out. Yeah, You've got little pockets outside the city. No one really lives in the city. Whereas Edinburgh, everyone lives within the city walls and yeah, yeah. not so far out. So, But I like it because being from Farm Village, you know, yeah. it's kind of like the same vibe, but... I'm able to order a delivery and actually get it to my door, and, whereas I can't back at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that uh, that's the sort of stuff, though, if you are, like, a bit more isolated, like, you've got all the peace and mm-hmm. the nature and stuff, but you mm-hmm. don't have the convenience. Nope. We went for a take. I was just visited them this weekend. I mean, we went for a takeaway, and it's a 40-minute round trip just to oh, get really? just to get food, just that to treat yourself. such a treat. <laughs> such a treat. Yeah. It's a running joke when I go home. Like, <laughs> right, is Uber Eats here yet? Yeah, no. Starbucks on yeah, the corner. Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> any of that, no. So do you feel like farm life was good for your well-being? Um, so, I mean, as a kid, we grew up in a village. The, 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 the farm was my grandmother's and she's moved away to it so she could be closer to, like, mm-hmm. shops and stuff. You know, she's getting on. Um, and... I've actually had this question once before, and I think if I was to do it all over again, I would wouldn't change it for the world. Really? Nope. And I think because I think nowadays you're you're forced to grow up quite quickly, mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. Whereas when I was a kid, like I was still building dens at the age of sixteen, fifteen, oh, and like okay. still like hanging out in fields or like me and my friends were, you know running around the countryside on quad bikes and yeah. stuff like that whereas I feel and this might be different and I might be wrong obviously because I never grew up in a city but like I feel like in a city yes you probably come a bit more streetwise mm-hmm. a bit earlier on yeah but did you really have that freedom yeah without having to watch over your back yeah. and my dad always tells me like he'd rather get stranded in a forest so my parents live at the back of a forest and I'm, I'm always petrified to walk the dogs in it because I'm, one, I never know if I'm going to get lost. Yeah. I've got no signal because there's no signal. Um, and how, how do I get back if I take a wrong turn? My mm. dad's like, well, and I'm like, what is if there's like people hanging out in the trees? He's like, no, there's not though. He's like, I'd rather be stranded in a forest than stranded in a city because like, you know, you have to watch your back in a city at night times. And he's, mm. he's not wrong. I think Edinburgh is pro- it's probably not as bad, but he's, he's not wrong. So that's why... If I was to do it over again, I'd do it in the country. Do it in the countryside. So if I ever have kids, I'll move back to it. Really, mm-hmm. I find that really interesting because, like, I was always quite anxious, probably partly from the media, or you know, I would never walk in a dark lane mm-hmm. on my own in town, or like even sort of just out of town, but just really freaked me out but I'm also scared I can't go running into the woods because yeah. what if someone like the, the bad monster comes that's where, me. that's where horror films always start yeah. which is really annoying because that's probably why I was always like oh, not going in there because like probably going to get dragged into the woods by yeah. someone and the chances are as your dad says he's yeah. right like that sort of stuff doesn't no. people aren't there so you, yeah. sh- you should feel safe but I sometimes think you know as a mom about moving out somewhere a little bit more chilled um i love the beach and stuff and i've been having this chat with hubs like i think we should move by the beach and you know we can get the train into the city and stuff mm-hmm. and he's like but they would get bored and mm. and i'm like but would they really would they really get How bored like well like five and oh, no sorry four sorry charlie <laughs> i'm wishing his life away five uh in november poor, yeah. poor soul um so four and seven yeah so yeah. i mean it's quite yeah I, I don't know if you would get bored. No, well, I th- that's, I, and I think as you grow up, you'd, you'd watch the TV and you'd all these kids they'd they'd cause trouble in cities and and they'd say or in towns and they'd say, "Well, it's because we've got nothing to do," uh-huh. which frustrated me because I never caused trouble. I mean, you, as a kid, you cause a bit of trouble. Yeah. Like, yes, of course, I sat in 
drank in my friend's barn at the age of 16 <laughs> and like and did stupid things but never to the point where like police were ever involved yeah but when you watch the news and it was like the local news and they'd be like mm. oh kids doing this and like doing that and you'd say oh why do you think they're doing it and they'd interview these kids and they'd go oh it's because we're bored and it's just like well why have like 80 percent, 90 percent of the people other people that live there mm-hmm. i don't know it's a tough one it's it's very topical at the minute as well in regards of like especially down there because you're right is there enough for young people to do and like i've been very lucky with the opportunities i've had and like those opportunities may not be presented to someone else down there so like oh they're taking a different path because of that yeah it's like it's a tough one that is a tough because like hubs will say to me all the time oh but they will just get into drugs and drink because that's yeah. what happens in small towns yeah. and i'm like well you didn't you weren't brought up in a small town yeah. and, and you were doing dodgy stuff but <laughs> um you know we all have issues and we all have but you know you could just meet anyone that smokes weed or whatever and introduces yeah. you to stuff and then yeah. it's a lot of it can be your upbringing i yeah. guess or like to get into sport more or yeah and i think it's what i think i always shy away from the whole upbringing thing mm. because i'm always i'm not a parent i've my brother is he's got two kids and um i don't know how i'd handle them in that situation and I, but i think it's always hard to say is it your upbringing because Oh, those parents being offered those it's a tough one yeah it's a, it's a it's one of those ones where I'm just like I don't know how to like navigate it so I hope when my nephews grow up because they live in a small village yeah. um, and it's, it's beautiful they're very lucky to grow up where they're going to grow up they're only very young um, but I hope they don't I'm sure they won't get into trouble I'll keep them right <laughs> it's, it's hard because you're like peer pressure you just don't really know which way like I, I think back to my own childhood and i think having fun and having a few drinks and stuff it's mm-hmm. kind of just part of growing up yeah. isn't it and mm-hmm. you don't my parents were quite i was a third child so they yeah. let me go on and bash all my stuff but they, yeah. i was quite good yeah um and i, I don't know it's just a, a risk you take but i think uh, it's hard it's not fair to write off a place or to write off people that are because uh-huh. you seem pretty happy and pretty normal not like, <laughs> i don't like the word normal because i think we're all freaks and ways and i think we should embrace like yeah. the crazy stuff too oh absolutely yeah i think yeah i came a pre- i came away pretty unscathed Good. it was tough it was tough sometimes it's really difficult mm-hmm. growing up in a small town and coming from a my high school was about 400 500 people at most which seems like a lot but it's not my middle school is even smaller mm-hmm. and you sort of have to build relationships with people that are from where you are know everything and like you can't sneeze without someone talking about it, the other side of other side of the village and i think mm-hmm. that that was tough that was and trying to keep stuff a secret or like trying to evade anyone finding stuff about you that you just wanted to keep to yourself because mm-hmm. like i'm very much an open book however a lot of people tell me that i'm very much the opposite but really? i think it's more that like and my friend billy jokes about this all the time because i made a comment once drunkenly being like is there nothing sacred nowadays because there's nothing sacred like everyone yeah. knows everything and i think as much as i put myself online on instagram go to these places and meet people mm-hmm. i think actually there's a handful of people and i can probably count on one hand the people that know me inside and out yeah know when something's wrong know when i'm actually saying i'm all right but actually i probably could do inventing yeah so i think it's um yeah it's a, it was a tough one growing up it's... trying to keep something to yourself and that is, I remember living in New Zealand, Queenstown, and oh. feeling really like that. The sort of small town mm-hmm. mentality. It was yeah. quite hard because I was quite a big character there. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, there she is. And I was quite wild. I was yeah. like drinking too much. Or, you know, not sleeping enough, too much coffee, partying. So then that yeah. can, you know, there's probably more stories there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's she doing now? Yeah. Uh, young, wild and single. Um, yeah. So I, I know what you mean. It, it can feel hard, but I think it's so important, as you're saying. And sometimes our friends that really, really know mm-hmm. us and have known us for a long time and you build that trust yeah. can sometimes know us more than we know ourselves. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's quite, because yeah. it's easy for us to maybe go off track or forget who we really are or 
and and it's like we should never take those people for granted, no. should we? I've got a friend called Lindsay, um, who I've known since I was four, five, four or five, a very long time. Mm-hmm. The, the first time I ever met her, and I, it's one of my earliest memories, is that um, our first school and her first school used to share a bus when we used to get our swimming lessons. Mm-hmm. And um, the bus would be split in the middle, our school at the front, her school at the back. And um, her school had about 10 people in it, yeah. tiny. And um, she came stomping up the back of the bus. And... Um, She's not someone I'd cross in a heartbeat, but she's someone that I'd want on my side my whole life. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of times, a couple of things in life that have happened where she's known the outcome before I've known it. Wow. And she's, she lets me explore it, lets me figure it out, but ultimately she knows the answer before I do. And why, why is that? I don't... I, well, she's very straight-laced. A spade's mm. a spade, a bucket's a bucket, and uh. she'll tell you exactly how it is. Yeah. And I think as we grow up, I had to learn that she is not mean, she's just... Like, this is this, and this is the finite situation. I think she's not blindsided by... <clears throat> she knows life's tough, and she knows life throws a lot of obstacles that year. Uh-huh. And I think she... Whereas maybe I look at it on the shinier side, mm-hmm. whereas she knows that, like, you've got to grow up, you've got to get a job, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And she very much I don't I don't know she just knows me more than I I think I know myself in a sense of she says what she means and what she thinks and feels and uh-huh. usually she's right it's funny though yeah. there, are, there are like yeah. some people like friends yeah. that I remember I got with this guy and um my friend's husband he's just one of those guys he, he was like that's gonna end in tears like how did <laughs> but I just knew straight away yeah. Like, how yeah. do people know? But then sometimes they have to let you figure yeah. things out for yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and I don't want to pay, I don't want to paint her like she's not a laugh and a carry on because mm-hmm. some of the stories, the two of us, we have a vault which we nickname as, as we grew up. And what if you vault it? The only thing, the only let me start that again. If you put something in the vault, the only person that can talk about it is the person that it happened to. Ah. So, like, if we wanted to bring something out of the vault to discuss, only uh-huh. one. And it's like a running joke in a sense of, like, because we did something so terrible or embarrassed ourselves so much that we're, like, popping that in the vault, oh. never speaking about that. So if mine and Lindsay's vault opened, oh, our parents wouldn't be happy. Oh, really? <laughs> so you've got a vault? Because some people would call it, like, a box. You yeah. box things. It's just an imagine. It's not obviously a physical thing. It's just, yeah. like, so if something bad happened to me, which has done, I've gone and then told Lindsay or, like, some other friends that I'm very close with and they've been like, yep, yeah, this is the last time we're discussing this. I'm going to tell you this. Uh-huh. And then we're popping it in the vault and we're never going to discuss it unless I bring it back out. I love it. That's good, though. It's good to set boundaries like that. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, it's, it's knowing what you can bring back out and knowing what you want to. Yeah. Do you that, know what I mean? That vault's quite scary. It's not full, but it's scary. <laughs> well, we, we have all got a vault. Yeah. I mean, we have all got a vault. Yeah. I was thinking this morning, I can't believe I shared some of it in my first book. It was just like, and my second book's going to be the same, actually, but yeah. I, I just can't stop myself. Yeah. But that's just kind of yeah. like what I do. Like, that's, yeah. that's me. I just probably overshare. I mean, don't share every single thing, but I definitely... No, but there's something nice about being slightly vulnerable. I think yeah. that's probably my problem. I don't let myself be vulnerable too much. Yeah, but you say, like, as long as you've got the, the core group that you mm. know you can be, because you don't mm-hmm. always say to people, you don't have to do what I do and, like put it in books and put it on your yeah. Instagram or whatever yeah you know because your thing you're very much into fashion and stuff like uh-huh. what is your is Instagram your main creative outlet in terms of social yeah I did have um years ago I did like radio through college and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that was a bit of a creative output and then I started to blog and write mm-hmm. because I found the process of it quite therapeutic yeah amazing. I think and then it stopped and I kind of I'm almost kicking myself that it did so I really want to get back into it because like I didn't study English I don't know how to string a sentence together verbally never mind write one down um, but I think it was so nice to be able to it was like almost cathartic mm, yeah. so most of it is through Instagram like yeah. through stories or through through like grid posts or anything like that and, uh-huh. but my, own, my main reason getting into it is that I had a core group of people in Edinburgh that all disappeared you know, uh, one of them moved away up north, one of them moved down to London. Uh-huh. A couple of them are still here, but, you know, we kind of 
got together five years ago when we were kind of younger. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we've gone from like kind of figuring out life to then, okay, we've got this slightly figured out. Now we're busy. Now we can't hang out. Yes, let me put that in my calendar, which is frustrating because beforehand we'd knock on each other's door and be like, right, we're getting dominoes and watching some crap Netflix documentary and yeah. sitting on the sofa talking mm-hmm. rubbish. So like they all moved away and then I just kind of focused efforts into Instagram, meeting people and yeah. most of them and, and the ones that we were at that dinner with, most of them are really close friends now. That is so nice mm-hmm. and I think Instagram, you know, it gets a lot of slack, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's all Insta, like, yeah. you know, but there's a lot of great parts to it yeah. and it's like real communities. And yeah, then... and I think it shouldn't be, I think, don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a dark side to it and there's a side to it where I have to really stop myself from getting too involved in, yeah. in regards of like, this person is doing this, why am I not doing that? Or this person yeah. looks this good, why don't I look that good? Or, mm. But I think you have to remember that it's just a snapshot. Yeah. It's a very tight, it's like, a, a, you know, tonight we're staying in this bit tech fancy hotel with mm-hmm. loads of, it's just very bougie, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a snapshot of, yeah. on our, what, like for one night and yeah. then we go back to work tomorrow, whatever it is, and we kind of carry on with like doing life, like doing chores. Yeah. emptying the dishwasher filling it back up again like yeah. visiting friends like seeing family you know work yeah. so I think that's what I kind of have to like remind myself of all the time is that it's just a snapshot yeah and our minds can be so critical so it's actually having a bit fun with your mind and saying oh well you know you notice those thoughts coming in but just sort of distancing mm-hmm. yourself from them so oh, I'm noticing that my mind's comparing myself to that person or mm-hmm. I'm noticing that you know, I'm missing out on that or I'm noticing that I'm jealous that they've got that holiday or they've got that outfit. And it's just just taking yourself out of that. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, right, chill. And mm-hmm. it, you sort of feel lighter. Yeah. You're like, oh, just let them yeah. wash over me. Let them wash over me. Yeah. But it's hard. But um, So would you say you're known for in your page, like your style, your fabulous dresser? <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. Um, I think... When I started it, I looked at Instagram and I was like, everyone I followed, for example, was like, where are all these high-end brands that were like unattainable for like your average Tom, Dick and Harry? Whereas like most of the stuff that I wear is probably, I've bought it from ASOS or the high street or I've pinched it from someone else's wardrobe or, (laughs) and I think it's, it's not about, I think it's about having fun. I think for me, clothes are like an extension of me and how I feel and 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 what I want to portray myself as. Yeah. Because um, I think you can tell a lot by someone and what they wear. Yeah. And I think it doesn't have to be, like... I was talking to my friend the other day because there's, there's this hoodie in Burberry that I'm obsessed with, but it's 500 and something pound. I'm like, for a pullover sweater, ridiculous. But would you probably... wear it to death, though? Oh, probably. <laughs> I'm just... And, like... The most extravagant purchase recently, and I say extravagant because it's with air quotes, was a pair of um, comedy goss and Converse that I've wanted for years. Years I've wanted these Converse. And um, I plucked up the courage to buy them the other day. But every time I put them on, they're just like, so me, very me, love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is not me saying that I don't spend money on clothes. But like, I think when I started out, I just wanted to like, slam a bit of colour on there Mm. a bit of something different and like as much as it is clothes I try and make the photos that I take and the the, when we go out and take photos I try and make them a bit more creative instead of just slamming myself behind a pretty cool wall or like with a cool backdrop or yeah yeah and again I don't take captions very seriously at all every caption is probably more than likely taking the make out of myself doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But a character to it, yeah. just a bit fun. You yeah, know? exactly. So, and I think it's not lost its charm yet, Instagram. It's still a great platform. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I'll admit, I do love Instagram. Yeah. And I love the community and I love the messages I get from people that have probably tuned in on my stories for years. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they even interested? But yeah. they're like, just like your positive vibe. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, fine, okay, I'll just keep doing what I do then. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing. It's just, you, 
got to run with it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. go with it. As long as you're enjoying it, as you yeah. say. And you can have fun and you don't take it so seriously that it yeah. stops being fun. Yeah. And I think they, they won't mind me saying as well, and I've got a couple of friends who, because they're freelance yeah. through their own writing and like their own Instagrams and stuff like that, will talk about numbers. Whereas for me, they're like, their numbers are scary high, like astronomical, mm. and that's their business. Yeah. So when they get stressed about it, I have to kind of remove that, mm, they're not enjoying it hack, because I have to remember that that's their business, and mm. how do I support their business? Yeah, yeah, that's, it's the balance, so isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's trying to figure it out, because they're on Instagram all the time, but like, that's their income. Like, yeah, it's like a know, job, you yeah, know? It's... and it was, a few of us went away for a weekend recently, and one of them who is freelance, um, stopped using it and I was like oh and we were all like taking photos like posting stories and stuff like that and I noticed that she'd stopped using it uh, and I was like oh why what, what are you up to and she was like because this is my holiday like yeah, I, this is my time off yeah. and, like it's so funny to like for me and you and others like it's yes sometimes it generates some income or like you yeah. get gifted some things but for her that's her job yeah so and it was so yeah. nuts for me to be like oh my god yeah like yeah I that's know. why she's not on instagram i know it's because it, it can totally and it, yeah it can be all consuming it's like yeah i think that's it's so refreshing to be able to put mm. that away if you've got those targets and sh- bang 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 mm-hmm. but I think we all need to have a bit of a detox sometimes as well because yeah. it's just there's so much yeah. content there mm-hmm. it's like oh. and it's funny because there's days where I go oh Christ I've been on that for a while today or I've scrolled through or I've had them reminder on Instagram being like you've been on this for an hour all day and I'm like actually what have I taken in Yeah. and what have I absorbed because usually it's not a lot Yeah. so I think for me I am trying to get better at putting my phone down an hour's not very long that's good well, and I thought that was a really long time, but then I'm like, oh, that's an hour of like, what can I have achieved in that hour? Whereas like, what and what have I gained? Mm. And I think these new things on phones where they tell you like, what you've been doing or like, how much time you've been spending on something is a real eye opener. So I'm like fully on board with, yeah. they're frightening to look at. And yeah. because I've been on holiday, I'd hate to look at mine because I've had time, I'm currently on annual leave and I've had time where I've just like scrolled and scrolled and like, yeah, it's nuts. You're like, it frightens me. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, so when we met, we had a really good conversation. How long have you worked in HR? It's not been a long time. It's only been about a year, just over a year. And what I loved was you said someone had come in and just said, I just want to speak to you. I need a hug or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And like people see you as a sort of go-to person. Yeah, it's, it's funny what a title does. Yeah, um, HR you sort of think approachable. Yeah, because the job I had before that in the same company wasn't HR, mm-hmm. and um, I like to think I'm very approachable. I'd hope so anyway. Um, but like, we never used to have the conversation that I used to have. But like, even inside of work and now even outside of work, I've noticed a real shift of when I say to people, "Oh, like this is what I do now. Mm-hmm. I work in," and not a lot of it is to do with specific people and and what they're up to a lot of it is like typical HR mm-hmm. but like even outside of work if I meet people I'm like oh I work in HR they're like oh cool and then we get and um, and it's been too many times now to know that it's not a coincidence but like they'll open up like more so than mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. usual which is quite nice I love that yeah I um don't know how good I am <laughs> Advice. Oh, she's very good. But it's like one of those things. It's like you see someone say, and they they tell that they say what they need to say, get it off their shoulders, and then you watch the side relief, like oh the shoulders goodness. up and the shoulders down again. They just drop, don't mm-hmm. they? They drop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like I have so many conversations now just because, mm-hmm. like, people know your your line of work is people, and mm-hmm. um, you just feel like they can open up quite quickly, mm-hmm. and you you do see the shoulders drop, and you're like. If only we could just, well, we are spreading the message that yeah. you know, just talk yeah. to people. Like when you feel like there's yeah. no one listening, there's always someone. Yeah. And I think with especially, and I know we discussed this when we first met with men, mm. you know, we, mm-hmm. you talk about men and mental health and, and like the, 
the biggest killer of men under the age of 40 is like is themselves it's just so sad which isn't is it? petrifying it's a it's a it's a horrific statistic and i think the most of the people that have spoken to me have been men and i think mm-hmm. i think no, this has nothing to it might, it might have something to do with it it might not have something to do with it but I um, came out when I was 20 21 so a bit late in the game and um, as I've grown up I've had lots of different friends some male some female most of them female mm-hmm. um, and then as I've got into like my adult life I say adult with air quotes because I'm really not one <laughs> Um I've became friends with more men outside of work and Uh. it's and I think and I don't know whether it's because because of coming out and having to speak to people about that because like you don't do it once you do it a million and one times I'm still doing it to this day you you tell people because it and and I don't feel like you should have to and like because it's a it's a and it's not so much oh, I'm telling you this information. It's so, if someone says, oh, like, you know, do you have a girlfriend? No, I don't, because X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, but I te- you tend to find, m- I have spoken to a lot of men about what's going on and, like, what they're up to. And I think it's, whether it's because I'm male and I know what types of questions to ask. Okay, yeah. And where to, not tiptoe around, but where you can sort of, like, edge the corner of a question knowing fine well that you're going to direct it that way if that oh. if that makes sense so i think that in itself maybe that's why people feel like they can offer maybe that maybe it's that maybe it is the because i work in people maybe i don't know it's a funny oh. one but you tend to find and i'm more than happy for to have that conversation with men and well and women obviously and everyone in between because I would hate to think that no one has anyone to talk to. It's hard. So do you think it's the feeling of being misunderstood or the, or the fear of rejection or the fear of being judged? I, I think it's stigmatised from a... And it's that whole... You grow up and I, I had it growing up. And I'm... <clears throat> man up. You know, mm. man up. Mm. You I know, grow and a, like, grow a set of balls. Oh. Yeah. And, and that... And I think... You hear... And when I told my parents about me, my dad actually apologised for oh. stuff that he was like, I've probably said some stuff yeah. that may, may have made this difficult for you, yeah. which was great of him. But I think that narrative needs to, and I get it, it's like British, it's typical, it's what we say, it's like, you know, get a grip or like, like you know, all of those things. And I think that narrative, however we do it, needs to stop mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't want for instance people saying that around my nephew for example for him to grow up being like well i'm male i have to be strong i am the strong one mm-hmm. i can't talk about this because it's a sign of weakness yeah and it's it's not i actually feel like it's more of a sign of strength oh yeah a hundred percent to be able to go i need to talk to you because i'm i'm just not feeling my oats this week yeah this is why yeah so and I'm happy to be that person for those people yeah and like yeah it's tough I've I've got to the point before where I've gone I can't do this anymore I need to speak to someone about life and it's not because I was feeling a certain type of way it's just because I knew that I was being like almost suffocated with everything that was going on Uh and I was navigating something that was pretty new to me at the time in regards of like coming out did you, how long um, did you know had you known oh, for known for years really yeah yeah i just knew as a kid i knew growing up as i got older i had a girlfriend in school hilarious um and i knew forever really? yeah and and I, ne- and I never had a hard time with it during school a couple of people made comments but laughed them off also like i said before my friend Lindsay put them in their place so did she know <laughs> before you told her she she knew before i knew Wow. Yeah, and again, this is the power of friendship, isn't it? Wow. Um, How did she know? Did she say to nope. you why she, what she nope. thought? No, nope. we had, I remember being on the phone once, we had conversations, and um, I'd said, oh yeah, I'd heard someone make a comment, and she was like, yeah, don't worry, I told them you weren't. Or I told them, not I told them you weren't, I can't remember how she put it now, 
but she put it in a way where she let me know she knew without saying it. Ah, yeah. right. And then, um, and in typical fashion, when I called her to say like, because it was a bit of a double whammy with me because I actually had got into a relationship before I'd even come out. Ah. Um, so I had to be like, hey, just to let you know, I'm seeing someone. This is the person. Obviously, his name mm-hmm. was a boy's name, and um, there was no like fanfare or whatever. She went right. And I was yeah. like, give me more. She was like, nah, you don't deserve more. <laughs> <laughs> she went, why? What's the issue here? And I was like, oh, classic Lindsay. <laughs> but I love her for it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I think growing up and maybe going through all of that mm-hmm. has helped the narrative of being able to, to open up a bit more about... Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just stabbing in the dark here. Maybe it's just because I have that face that people can offload. Yeah, Maybe. I think it's probably a mixture, though, but when we've been through things, because that is a lot to go through if you're feeling like, right, I need to get things off my chest, and, yeah. you know, and then there is that fear, <clears throat> I don't know, like, I speak to people, and they're like, oh, they were scared of saying to their parents in case they mm. were judged. Mm. Now, that's that's must be horrible to think, like, you would think your parents would just accept. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you hear of sad things of people saying, oh, no, Oh, my no. God. Yeah, and I think at the end of my first relationship there was so much going on because I just got into one and not really dealt with me being who I was and mm-hmm. then obviously when I came out of that relationship I was like oh holy shit like mm-hmm. I'm now on my own as a one person like mm-hmm. this is me so um, I thought sod it I'm gonna go and speak to someone so I booked in to speak to someone and it totally changed my outlook on everything and it was only I had eight sessions was it what sort of like a therapist like I, I, I don't know the technical terms but like mm, so many therapists like you know and um, we just talked about life every week amazing and, and she put stuff into perspective and she was very much like helped me rationalise things yeah and that. now when everyone's like oh like man at this that I'm not going to speak to someone because like that's not the right thing to do I'm like hey it's a game changer go to one come back to me and like I saw something on Instagram the other day about like baby boomers, like the whole like mm-hmm. therapy's bad. It's it's a sign of weakness, this and that. And really? then and then I, underneath it was like millennials or like Gen Z, and it was like, oh my god, guess what? Me, and my therapist talked about this week. <laughs> and, and I think that's it. Sort of you know paves the way to be able to have those discussions. Well, that excites me. It's why I set up this podcast mm. to normalise therapy because I have, yeah. like, I meet people all the time and I'm like, you should go to therapy. We should all have a therapist because yeah. we all have a mind yeah. that can be critical and cruel and uh, life isn't easy and people see things yeah. without thinking and we can all be assholes when we're hurt and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, there was a quote, people in therapy are there for the people in their lives who won't go to therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where the issues have mm-hmm. come from. So it's like we need to break the cycle and we're mm-hmm. starting to break the cycle now and saying, you know, in America, most people have therapists apparently. Yeah. Like, what? why Why is it embarrassing? Yeah. But when, like, my... Because I did a life coaching thing last year and when she approached me, she'd seen me on Instagram stories and she's like, oh, I really like you. I want to do some collaboration. Do you fancy some life coaching? And I was like, I don't need that. Why yeah. do I need coaching? What are you trying to say? Like, yeah. why do I need coaching? This won't look good. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a well-being person. Like, what? what they're not gonna. What are they gonna think <laughs> of me if I'm? And then she was like, "Well, actually, a lot of people like get co- like life coaches or therapists or whatever." And yeah. then I was like, I, I was like, "Oh, this is like quite self-indulgent because mm. like I'm talking a lot." And but it was a game changer. Yeah. It was like the questions they ask and the you just you really just grow and yeah. start like thinking mm-hmm. about your life and what's important and your values and mm-hmm. like all this deep stuff yeah. so like for you did you was there like a few light bulb moments or was there a few things that you really took out of it that you thought this has changed my life it's it's more helping having someone help you put stuff into perspective yeah because yeah. your mind goes on like a million different wavelengths of like oh my god this is what this is oh it just it just Basically, I sum it up as that your mind is this massive jigsaw and sometimes it puts the puzzle pieces in the wrong place. Right. And it's like, oh, that, that okay, my mind thinks that goes there, but it actually doesn't. Ah. So I think 
I, I, there was no typical there was no poignant moment where I was like this is great it was more mm-hmm. the end of it all where I was like what have I been thinking this mm-hmm. whole time and why did I let my brain just run off with itself that's mm-hmm. so stupid why did I do that and I, I don't mean that's so stupid that it happened I just mean like why has it taken me this long to reach out to someone to help me rationalise yeah. but then again it's it's all behind closed doors therapy isn't it yeah. it's all shut the door come in sit down so like I think that that's why there's such a almost stigma around it because it's like oh what goes on behind those doors like what are they going to ask me what are they going to what are they going to do uh-huh. whereas okay. like because it's the same thing you go to a doctor surgery they go and shut the door because you want the confidentiality mm-hmm. and I think to some people, what goes on behind a doctor's surgery's door is scary. I yeah. hate going to the doctors. I hate the dentist. I hate anything to do with my health because it's frightening. I don't want to know. Would but you, you rather have... not know if you had something? Well, but you have to know. Yeah. So that's that, that's the thing. And I think unless you go and speak to a therapist, you're mm-hmm. never going to know. What's under the surface? What's under, yeah, like what's actually going on. Because we bury stuff. We're very good at that. Yeah, we are distracting ourselves, yeah. you know. I'm very good at that. And it's easy to distract <laughs> yourself these days because it's so easy to be so busy. Yeah, like yeah. I did an experiment from book number two and it was um, asked, I was recording like 20 people I met sort of like small talk when you're mm. in the street, uh, what the response to like, how are you would be? And they yeah. all said the, the B word, busy. Oh, busy. great, just really busy. Yeah. Oh, life's busy. Yeah, just manic busy. But aren't yeah. we all busy, busy, busy? Yeah. It's like the popular, it's yeah. kind of like, it's just a... Yeah, well, I read that once. What is it? We When someone says, oh, how are you? you go, oh, yeah, I'm fine. That's the, that's the lie you tell the most times throughout your entire mm, life. Yeah, yeah, that Because, is... I mean, how many times have you said it? Where you go, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Actually, like, for God's sake, can someone just help me here? Like, mm. someone pick up the kid from school? Like, can someone just go and do, like, the shopping? Like, menial things. Like, yeah. So I think, fair enough, in certain situations, you have to say you're fine. Yeah, because you're like, I don't have because time. Because you don't, yeah. You <laughs> want to be like, for instance, this party tonight, someone's like, how are you? Like, well, actually, this happened, this happened, this happened. But right place, right time. I don't think we should be shy and saying There'll be enough drinks down here, you Yeah. <laughs> I need some therapy. Yeah, spilling it all over everyone there. But yeah, I think, yeah, I just think, what what's the harm? Like, what? Yeah. And like, removing the stigma behind it and removing the fact that, and, and helping enforce the fact that actually it's a good thing. It's so important, isn't it? And like, did you find it, help you be more compassionate like self-compassion for yourself yeah I think we're very self-critical mm. it helps me be not so self-critical yeah because I actually have a great job I have a good set of friends mm. parents that I'm obsessed with brothers mm. no I do love them but <laughs> you know brothers um <laughs> I go to bed with a roof over my head and like yeah. I'm doing better than most mm, yeah. with those things and I think while yes those are great things I think it helps me even though I am so lucky and very fortunate for those things I think it helped me go actually you know whilst I do have all of that mm. I do need to speak to someone and I do need help and I think we need to remove the again the you know, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes, oh, well, it could be worse. When you Sometimes when you tell someone something, and I think yeah. if people come to me, that's the last thing I ever say. Because, yeah. yes, fair enough, it, granted it could be worse, but those people in those worse situations, and again, I'm putting air quotes in the air with worse mm. situations, actually are better off than us. Yeah. Because they've had to maybe, like, learn to live with a disability or, like, learn to... So I think we need to remove the, it could be worse when people come and speak to you about something. And I think it's just, yeah, how you become less critical of yourself Mm -hmm. and like actually give yourself the time to scream into a cushion. (laughs) I know. And because anger, like how do you control anger? Because I I think there, there can be triggers to make you... You know, if you build things up or mm. you're not getting up enough sleep. I mean, for women, hormone, for guys as well. Um, but PMS, I, I struck. You know, I, I feel like the fits of rage and I'm like, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. How do I control it? 
It's so it's so funny, and he probably he won't mind me saying this, but my dad has a very short temper. Mine too. It's <laughs> a very short temper. It has to work. If it doesn't work, what's the point? Mm. So when I spend any time with him and he gets irate about something, I'm always like, why? Like, yeah. if it's not in your control, why are you angry? If it isn't in your control and you can sort it out, just take the time to sort it. Yeah. I, I, and I think I'm very rational in my thoughts when something doesn't go my way that I'm like, okay, just take one giant step back from it and come to it later on. Yeah. And walk away from it. Yeah. Because I think if you let yourself get into a fit of rage it doesn't help anyone it doesn't and it you know I always say to my dad he probably wouldn't be as great as he is if he <laughs> if he didn't get so mad all the time no and it's funny because it drains you yeah. like you see it on the road and stuff mm-hmm. people are wanting a fight and yeah. they're just like angry yeah. and it's like how do you break yourself free because it will take work mm-hmm. like I, I feel like like sometimes I have to like really breathe and go right yeah you are close to, like, your temper. And then I'm like, I could blame it on my dad, say, oh, it's just genetics. Yeah. Like, I've got a short fuse. Yeah. Like, I'm nice most of the time, but if I get really annoyed, then I've yeah. got... Can, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you could blame it on that, or you could... Oh, God, yeah. And this is me not saying that I'm, like, don't get angry and I'm perfect in any way, shape, or form, because there are times where I just want to, like, go mental. Yeah. But I think the difference between me and him is that, like, I he's a farmer he works outside he's like you know in the elements all the time so he's not surrounded by people so if he takes i don't know if he does or not but for instance if he ever took a temper tantrum in a field no one sees it yeah whereas if i take a temper tantrum at my desk i've got 20 odd people around me that are going to be like why is he a crazy person Mm. like why isn't he controlling this so i think Mm -hmm. the difference between me and him is that i've had to learn to remove myself from a situation where I know that it's not not going my way because it sounds like I've been a stroppy teenager but I know that the outcome isn't what I would have wanted or yeah. like someone has made me mad it's hard it is hard yeah. isn't it it is I think I, there's not but this. I'm trying to think what's made me mad recently because I don't think there's a lot that really really gets me I think I get angry about people's views on stuff mm-hmm. but then I have to re- again remember that like different upbringings different parts of the world <sighs> where they've come from where I've come from what I've gone through what they've gone through yeah so in those situations it's listening taking it on board then responding with my thoughts and opinions knowing full well that they probably don't agree but I just want to make it known uh, so yeah. like I think a middle ground to it all yeah so i think that's the probably thing that gets me going the most is is i get angry and certain when people have certain opinions on things that i'm just like hello it's 2019 when is this gonna actually end and stop it's like that fixed mindset uh-huh and you're like can't you see and they don't want to listen yeah it's their way yeah or that's it the highway yeah i, I think for me mindfulness has helped with that because you you're reminded about the ego and then yeah. you've, you've become very self-aware of when you've react when you've combined anger and ego. Yeah. Then the kindness is removed. Yeah, so yeah. So then it's like, oh, yeah. that's a that's a bad cocktail. Yeah. You know. We talk and we talk about I work in tech for a tech company and we talk about diversity and inclusion quite a lot, mm-hmm. and we talk about like unconscious bias mm-hmm. and like how do we, you know, stop being so unconsciously biased and and I think Mm. actually that's not something I've thought of until recently until we were asked to think about these things and that and you know and it's and I catch myself doing it sometimes and the the prime example was the other week when um, my friend rang and he was like oh my boss today has just been such a shit like just at my all day like not had a chance to breathe and I went oh what did he do Uh, yeah and I was like and then it took it took me three seconds to go, oh, oh, sorry, what did she do? <laughs> because, you know, it's... And I think... I think more of that and more people discussion unconscious bias and talking about inclusion and diversion, I think this is where my anger stems from because because I've gone through that. Yeah. I'm, I know much more about, like, 
you know, why being more diverse and why being more inclusive actually is a great thing. Yeah. Where some people don't get it. I'm like, but why don't you get it? Yeah. Why don't you understand that actually, like, us being a melting pot of all of these different cultures and people, that we actually come out with a really, like, with a different perspective. Yeah. So that, that's the one thing that does actually make me quite mad. But I need to learn and understand that I'm just fortunate to have been taught what I've taught and mm. learned what I've learned. It's funny though because it's we have different triggers and there's an episode going out um, about uh, for dyslexia week and the guy was saying um, if he so all his life he was just like why wasn't he getting things and he felt like he was a disappointment to his parents because they mm-hmm. were putting him in private education and he just wasn't grasping things yeah. so if his wife all these years later ever says to him oh you're I feel let down by you that's a massive trigger, trigger for him because right, okay. all his life he's felt. He was letting people down because he shame, couldn't grasp yeah. it and he didn't understand why and he yeah. wasn't diagnosed for years and years later yeah. but that's still a trigger like mm-hmm. i feel let down by you mm-hmm. and he's like i hate it when she says that and she knows i can't handle that yeah. and then i was thinking what are my triggers like what so like it was yeah. interesting hearing you and it yeah. makes sense it's like from your experience certain things that yeah. really frustrate you yeah. so it's taking time to understand like why we need to open up our minds and see things from people's perspective and what may have gone on with their story mm-hmm. to make certain expressions or situations or beliefs really hard to deal with. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And that's what, that's what, yeah, I think, and I, and this is not me saying that I'm like perfect. I am very guilty of sometimes being biased. We all can though, we like, all, because we pick yeah. up, we live in this world that is yeah. that way. Like we see things, we pick up habits, yeah. like, People say things, like I've said things without thinking, like to someone, oh, you're so tiny, look at you. That's not a really, what if they're like really paranoid and yeah. they don't like being petite? Like we say things without thinking yeah. and then it's like, oh, or have you lost weight? Such a natural thing to say, but then yeah. why don't you say, oh, you're a great person or yeah. I love your shoes or, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> we're filled with all this stuff yeah the losing weight's a funny one because apparently it's like oh it's the be all and end all like, oh and it's yeah not, it's, and it is such a but we all do it and it's just habit yeah, but it do doesn't it. make it right like no. I've started thinking of all the labels we give um, yeah. and the things I've said and I'm like right, I'm going to really really try and reprogram my mind from yeah. this crazy world that we live in <laughs> and I'm really going to try but yeah. it's like yeah I'm not perfect. No, and it's tough. It's hard. We're humans. Because, it is, you know, you live in this time, and my, you know, my dad says it, he's like, oh, you'd be living in a time where everyone's offended by everything. And I'm like, mm. when we're not, mm. we're just discovering more about us as a humanity, as in regards of, like, with, you know, all of this new technology that we get, all of this healthcare, all of this stuff that yeah. we now have access to because as a human race we're very smart mm-hmm. and we're only getting smarter we are. so like it's not a case of you, can't, you you offend someone by saying this it's a case of actually we've learned that this is now a thing so like mm-hmm. let's accommodate that yeah we're more self-aware i think in ways mm-hmm. like with all this stream of chatting about things as well and like when you're more mindful and you think about these things then it's really good for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but there's a lot of work to do, but <laughs> we're getting there. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. You're doing great things, so keep up the, the brilliant work. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing your different outfits. And you got a tattoo today. I did, How's yeah. it feeling? Well, this was the other day. It's just um, slowly healing. Oh, yeah, it's um, yeah. My um, uncle, who's not with us anymore, he had a skin condition that mm. eventually killed him. Mm. Um, and his favourite lyric from the Queen song was like a tiger to find the laws of gravity. Oh. So for anyone who can't see it, because you can't because it's a <laughs> podcast, it's a tiger floating in space with like planets and stuff around it. Oh, yeah. that's so special. Yeah. It's really nice. And you know you'll never regret it because it means so much yeah. to you. Yeah. Always say like get a, if you're getting a tattoo, just make sure it means something and then you'll yeah. never regret it. Yeah, exactly. Is this your first one? Or? I have two. There's oh. this one here. Oh, yeah. Wow, and cool. Then, so this one was for a friend... God, they're, they're all very meaningful. Well, this one was is. for a friend who passed, and then this one, yeah, my uncle. So, oh, that's yeah, nice. I wanted this one for a while. I've waited for a long time to get it because I wanted. Um, I just feel like in the tattoo industry as well, like women are very underrepresented. So I wanted yeah. one a woman to do it, and two, 
to know that someone could do exactly what was going on in my brain. Yeah. And put it on me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I had a female tattoo artist as well. Yeah. What was her name? She was called Deborah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Her Ed- name was Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> she's Edinburgh based. She's, yeah, she's great. So, oh, yeah, God. it's good. I'm just waiting for all it to heal and then eventually I'll be able to. Are you going to share it on shows. Insta? Yeah. Are you going to have all I your... put it up today. Oh, yeah, we'll on have my stories, yeah. Are we nosy? Yeah. Oh. So very excited. Oh, great. Well, we're going to have fun tonight. Yes. Hopefully I'm... see you on the dance floor. Apologies if I'm very drunk by oh. nine o'clock. I mean, I was tempted to crack open a bottle for this chat, but um, yeah. Probably that was done. me being sensible yeah. because I didn't want to... I'd have been home but in bed by I say yeah. home in bed, I've been given a hotel room and I've had to come upstairs by nine o'clock. Yeah, I know, so. I know, and I, I'm excited because I've got two kids at home, so this is like yeah. hotel stay yeah. for kids. <laughs> no, everyone was like, You're staying in the state that you live in. I'm like, Yeah, why not? Too right. Yeah, I get to like right. get up, not have to make my bed, have breakfast made for me and then oh, go home. <laughs> happy happy days. Although I might have to do a BBC radio interview in the morning, but uh, it's later if it's happening, so it means I can still have my yeah. breakfast. Oh well, good. Um, so song wise, what am I going to sing us out? I won't make you. I don't. I could make you sing. I could try and. Pl- yeah, please up, don't. But, um, I will definitely play us out. I was um, thinking of this earlier, and I remember asking you if that had to be my all-time favourite or just a favourite. Mm-hmm. However, you can say a few songs if you like. I, I always love hearing people's favourite songs. Okay, I'll give you two. Give me two. So, have you heard of Maggie Rogers? I don't know if I have. She's great. She is um, incredible. She's a bit country-western. Oh, I love country. Uh, with a modern vibe. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to get the... Where's the album? Maggie Here it Rogers. is. Um, it's called Give a Little. Give a Little. Great song. Give a little bit of your love to yeah, me. Yeah, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> um... So her, and then along the same lines, mm-hmm. um, a girl called Casey Musgraves. Okay. Heard of her? Mm, They're no, both no. very big in the US. I don't okay. think they quite got this far. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a song called Slow Burn. Okay. Great song. Brilliant. Two of my favourites at the minute. Oh, that fab. Are very much on repeat all the time. Oh, I'm excited yeah. to, to tune in. Both got albums that you have to listen to start to finish because it's like a bit of a story. Great. Yeah, and just, she recently did, um, Maggie Rogers recently did Glastonbury, Mm -hmm. and the set was incredible. Oh, amazing. Gutted that I discovered it after she did her European tour. Oh. Because it was only, like, small venues. She played in Glasgow, raging that I didn't find out about it. Hashtag raging. Yeah, next time. Next time. But yeah, those two favourites in a minute. Oh, fab. So I'm excited to see what you do with it. Oh, (laughs) no pressure. (laughs) Well, I've really enjoyed our chat, so thank you. Um, Probably talked a bit too much. No, never, (laughs) never. And if anyone wants to message you direct, where's the best place on your Insta? Yeah, so it's Daniel BK on Insta. Yeah. Yeah. Come say hi. Come All say hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And um, yeah, stay, stay awesome. Yeah, thanks. See you on the dance floor. <laughs> See you on the dance floor, baby. <laughs> Woohoo! What a dude. Nice one, Daniel. You're an absolute legend. Was before not be waiting at your door. I am the same. Nice tune. So look at me and hear me now With all my body screaming out In my mind I'm thinking of the place Of me No one knows you And you don't know me And I don't know you You would open up your heart Drop your weapons, drop your gut Just a little trust is all it takes I know that you've been around, but hear me now, I'm crying out. Let me be the light upon the lake. Nice lyrics. Know each other. Give a little, get a little. If you give a little, get a little. Maybe we can learn to love each other. Give a little, get a little. I'm feeling this. I'm liking this song choice. Sorry about the noise in the background. Someone has just walked in the room. How rude. 
soaking all the sweetness on our skin. Oh, and if you're waiting in the sun, carry me on wings of love, where it all begins. If you give a little, get a little, maybe we could get to know each other. Give a little, get a little, if you give a little, get a little, get to love each other. Maybe we could learn to love each other. Amen to that. Judge less, love more, as we say in here. Live and love more. And she has got a beautiful voice. heard the song and I really like it Daniel Just for me and you. Word, truth. Mwah. 